investment advisors. Let's find out where and with whom and what they're saying. Vinny Catalano is back with us. He's president, global investment strategist uh, at Blue Marble Research, uh, joining us here in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. Nice to have you back. Nice to be back, definitely. So you've been wandering around. I have been wandering around, yes. Uh, ten days, recently, ten days, six cities. Part of that was a little vacation. Uh, five events in five different cities in two of the states that you just mentioned that are doing well with real estate. Maybe that explains part of what I, what I was hearing. California? Okay, California and Arizona. What are you hearing? Um, well, one of the songs that we could have had today is a, a less popular one called Sea of Tranquility. And that's kind of what's out there. People are concerned but they're not overly concerned. And I'm not talking about the investment advisors and people that are on the, the panels that I do and all of that, but the audience, which is really what I want to hear. What's the thinking? What are the questions? What are, what's Who is mind? your audience typically, Vidi? Uh, predominantly, they're going to be uh, RIAs, Registered Investment Advisors, Wealth Managers, High Net Worth Investors, uh, some institutional investors, depending upon which particular audience that uh, I'm appearing before. And they're all done through, uh, well, at least these events were done through CFA societies, Charter Financial Analysts societies. Interesting. And, and so what kind of crowd does that end up bringing, uh, given the, who's organizing it? Uh, as I just mentioned, it, it turns out to be mainly, in terms of the clients, high net worth clients, uh, predominantly. Um, but some of the events are dominated by the investment professionals that are members of those individual societies. For example, the private equity events that I did, the three of them in California, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Santa Barbara. So how does what you're hearing kind of jive with what we're talking about kind of on a daily basis, what you're seeing in the headlines, uh, some of the volatility that we've seen out there? People are kind of brushing it off, going dealing yeah, with they're, it? Yeah, they're concerned. Uh, they ask questions that are about what's going on. They ask of the, uh, the, you know, the expert panelists and all of that. Uh, but they are not overly concerned. They're, they, I don't get that sense. I mean, I've been doing this for a couple of decades. Mm. And you know when you're at different points in bear markets or bull markets, and there's a certain swing of sentiment that takes place. And in terms of this sentiment, this sentiment is, uh, okay, it's an issue, uh, kind of. You know, but, yeah. it, but it's nothing really beyond that point. And that, to me, is perfectly fitting with the top of a bear market, He's Which a pessimist, Corey. He's looking for I things am. to get worse. I, I was on here in August, and I you know. asked me that, and in October. And, I know, but it bounced uh, back. Thing. It fell apart in August, sure. came back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's done something that's unprecedented, which is that the market is broken down under certain conditions that I look for, I call it the megatrend, which takes the so-called death cross in one step further. Death um, cross. I death think that's the second time I've heard that today. <clears throat> well, that, that's the second time I've heard that right? today. Right, Bloomberg Go yeah. this morning. Well, Abigail we're there. Little, Abigail got very excited about, about the death cross. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're there. But the death cross by itself is not enough. Explain you, the death cross. Sure. It's when the 50-day moving average of the S&P 500 uh, or any other indices that you look at, but it's mainly S&P 500, when the 50-day crosses the 200-day to the downside. So the shorter and, and overtaking the longer term. That, right? that is correct. And then when the price is below that, then, you know, that typically historically in the 10 occasions, five times bullish, five times bearish over the last 21 years, whenever that's happened, not just the death cross alone, because you need the slope of the trend mm -hmm. to be down too. that at that point in time, that, then from that point going forward, you do have whatever that break is, that's the direction you have, either bullish or bearish. Uh, this time around, interestingly, uh, August triggered it. And then we had the counter rally that brought it back to neutral, which is amazing. And then January into February, boom, did it again. It's never done that before. Uh, so we have a, a double signal on this. 
uh, and then market technicians. So wait, if it's never done that before, how do we really know what the outcome is? Uh, you have to respect it. Just respect the, the fact that it has well, I have happened. To. Be, because I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Show up for work. Okay, then don't respect it. <laughs> but whenever it does and it breaks to the downside or to the upside, history shows that price is everything. And yeah. price expressed as momentum tends – it's a force in motion, tends to stay in motion. So Interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm curious about sentiment too because I, I just – you know, you hear from people – you know, when you do what we do, not mm-hmm. sure for you, you hear from people you don't often hear from when the market has a big move <laughs> and uh, on the downside. And you hear from people with worry. So I wonder what sure. people who are regularly invested, if, they've, if the if – the, here's what I really wonder. Yeah. If the investor sentiment after 2008 is changed. You know, there was this discussion that, that people who lived mm-hmm. through the Depression had a, had a, had a um, while it was, it was a limited period of time, their, their behavior for the rest of their lives were different. The mm-hmm. people who have lived through a couple of stock market crashes, that their behavior was different forever. And I wonder if 2008 is going to have this lasting behavior. Um, I think it, I think it's had an impact, but for but in terms of what really drives this market, which is the professional investor class, that they don't look at that as much, and so with that, they're driven by the methodologies that they have been taught, and unless they want to execute career suicide, they're not going to go against those methodologies, which are centered on earnings, growth of earnings, and interest rates, and when you have that. You, you are forced to come to a certain conclusion. You have no choice. I would beg to differ, but that's what they, they view it. And so the general investor sentiment to me is kind of interesting. It's really more what are the investment professionals doing and why. You, you still think things could be worse than 2008? Yes, I do. Because this time around, the, uh, well, the Economist had the, the cover story last week about uh, central banks with a bazooka that was running out of ammo. Mm. And uh, the reliance upon central banks, I think, is a necessary tragedy. Because what we really need is we really do need the other side of the public policy lever to be pulled, and that's fiscal policy. And it's not going to happen. Uh, there's no political will for it. There's zero appetite for debt. Well, so. uh, do you really believe that with, with what no. we're seeing on the campaign No, I'm trail? just saying it for the fun. <laughs> <laughs> ah, back at me. Wow. Um, wow, it's Friday. Uh, Lighten up. You've got to respect him. Ah, you're not respecting him. I do respect him. him. You know, but, you got to respect him. You've got to respect him. But look at it. I do respect him. But yes. Angela Merkel's getting some into some trouble. I mean, sure. some of it has to do with the Syrian refugees and some other things. But, I mean, look at the campaign trail in the United States. People mm-hmm. are kind of pushing back. They've had it. And, yeah. and maybe it means that we eventually get some legislative action. Get a Congress that actually does something that helps the economy. That's yeah, not let's just hope to so. the central banks. Sure, let's hope so. But I, it, it's highly unlikely here in the United States that that's going to occur. I mean, the political dynamic is not there. And I love you, Carol. You know that. Okay. And the political dynamic. I'm just saying that because I could hit him because he's that close. <laughs> close enough. That the political dynamic is such that it, it, it works against that. I mean, yes, for 2016, fine. They had a budget agreement and it helps because guess what? A lot of people are running, yeah. and the Republicans stand a really good chance of losing the Senate, which is not being talked about a lot. Maybe we can get to that next time. But um, one key fundamental point, central banks uh, have enabled public policymakers, given them a, a break. And then secondly, there's an excess supply of everything and an insufficient demand, and that's something we can discuss at some other point. Is this your other song? I don't know what this is. <laughs> this is in City of Tranquility. We'll have to find I it. I like it. <laughs> Vinny Catalano of Blue Marble Research. Thank you so much. Great Thank stuff. you. This is Bloomberg Radio.